Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Um, I have a good friend named Glenn Berto that many of you are familiar with. He's a pastor out in California. He's spoken for me a, a number of times through the years, so many of you will know that name. Uh, Glenn was uh, a, uh, an All-American. He played football in high school and college. He was on the national championship team the year Louisiana Tech won the national championship, you know, ages ago, but in high school, he played for a team that actually had a cannon, and every time someone would score, they would shoot the cannon, and he, as a running back, would score so often, his nickname became Boom Boom Berto. Now, when he had graduated high school, he was being courted by a number of colleges around the country, and he was getting a lot of phone calls, and his father was uh, fielding most of those calls because his dad wanted to kind of have a hand in managing what he was going to do with his collegiate career. And so his dad had talked to a number of just prestigious programs uh, across the country. But in Louisiana, listen, it, it, there was no greater prestige than uh, this guy named Terry Bradshaw that had won the Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers and had played for uh, Louisiana Tech there in Ruston. And uh, one day the phone rang, Boom Boom picked it up, and it's Terry Bradshaw just encouraging him to consider the program there in Ruston at Louisiana Tech. His dad walks into the room and, you know, Glenn, starstruck, is talking, and uh, his dad begins to inquire, who is it? Who is it? Finally, Glenn kind of covers the phone and says, it's Terry Bradshaw. And immediately, his dad said, give me the phone. Let me talk to him. And Glenn looks at his dad and said, Terry Bradshaw called for me. <laughs> Today, I want you to know that someone greater than Terry Bradshaw has called for you. And I want to kick off a brand new series of messages for this month uh, called Making the Call. We all have differing ideas about the call of God and what the call of God really is made up of. So many of us think of the call of God as a ministry calling. And uh, when you think of the call of God, you, you think of stories from the Bible maybe that you grew up with, stories like Moses there in the wilderness where he all of a sudden comes in contact with this bush out in the middle of the wilderness that is burning, but it's not being consumed. And, and it's this phenomenon that is such a mystery, and, and he, he's, he's gone over to try to figure it out when all of a sudden a voice calls out of that burning bush, and God calls Moses. And so many of us read stories like that, and we want our own burning bush moment, man. We want our own call from God in that kind of just uh, amazing, amazing uh, context. We think of someone like the Old Testament prophet Samuel, who was just a young boy, had been left at the temple by his mother in response to a deal she made with God. She had been barren and was unable to conceive and and so she told God, she said, if, if you give me a child, I'll dedicate him back to you. And sure enough, God answered her prayer. He gave her this, this boy, Samuel. And uh, when the time was right, 
after he'd been weaned, he, she brought him to the temple and he lived there with the, uh, with the priest of God at the time, a man by the name of Eli, whose sons under him in the priesthood were very corrupt. And uh, God was wanting to raise up a voice in that hour, and so he called to Samuel. Now, it happened in the middle of the night. God woke him up, and uh, God says uh, to him, Samuel. And Samuel thinks it must be Eli, so he runs in, and he asks Eli what he wants. And he says, I didn't call you. And he sends him back to bed, and once again, the, the, the voice wakes up Samuel. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel thinks it's Eli, so he goes in again. Hey, how can I help you? What's going on? And, God said, and, and Eli says, hey, I, I, I didn't call you. And finally, he figures out what's going on. He said, if you hear the voice again, just simply say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And that's exactly what young Samuel did, and he struck up a relationship with God that was so powerful that the scripture says not one prophetic word that Samuel ever spoke ever fell to the ground. God honored every word the man said. Think about that. So we hear stories like that, and, and, and we want our own calling to be similar. We want it to be so powerful. But I want to read a passage uh, from Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, in verse 49, that really uh, speaks to you and I today and where we are in life and what the call of God for, for us might be like. The scripture says in Mark, chapter 10, verse 49, that Jesus stopped and he said, call him. Speaking about a blind man, he said, call him. And so they called to the blind man, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. And if I have a message for any of you today, any of you that are joining us online, it's simply that, that, that Jesus himself is calling you. He's calling you. And it's so important that we respond to that call. The call of God is actually a call to know Jesus. I love what Paul said in Philippians chapter three. He said that I might know him. In the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering, Paul said, I want to know him. Is there anyone in this room today? You want to know God. You just want to know Christ. You want to know him. You want to know him personally. You want to know him intimately. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, where Paul writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit and says, God who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord is faithful. Now, we've been singing about the faithfulness of God today, and surely he's a faithful God, but I hope you don't miss what this scripture just declared. Let me read it again. God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus, is faithful. The message of this passage isn't just the faithfulness of God. The message of this passage is that God has called you into fellowship with Jesus, you are called to know him. You are called to have a relationship with him. You're called to do more than just know about him. You're called to know him in a personal, intimate way, to have relationship with the God who created all things. 
The call of God is about knowing God. It's about knowing Christ. The call of God really isn't about ministry. It's about intimacy. It's about knowing Jesus in a personal, intimate way. And so here's the question before us today. Have you made the call? Have you made the call? So often we think about making a call in this way or that. But the call I want to make, the call that I want to merit, the call that I want uh, God to, to reach out to me with is a call to know Christ. And my question is, have you made that call? Today, are you in a place where you've heard God call you? You have felt his tug upon your heart and you've responded so that you can know him in the power of his resurrection, know him in the fellowship of his sufferings, know him and become like him and have that intimate fellowship with him. Listen, again, the call of God isn't about ministry. We thank God for ministry and, uh, and, and we thank God for its role in all of our calling. But the call of God isn't to be a preacher. The call of God isn't to be a missionary. The call of God is to know Jesus Christ, to know him in intimate fellowship. Think about this. I, I have two kids that I talk about very often uh, I, that I love dearly. Donna and I love dearly. But what if our call to Robin and our call to Chase was always just about what they could do for us. Hey, Rob, could you pick up so-and-so and bring it by the house? Hey, Chase, mind if I use your car for this or that? What if, what if the call of God from this father to his children was always just simply focused on what they might do for me? That's why I want you to move beyond this mistaken idea that the call of God is about some form of service that you're gonna carry out. Listen, that's important, and we'll talk about that more here in a moment. But once again, understand, the call of the Father heart of God is not for you to do something for him. The call of the Father heart of God is for you to be his sons and daughters, climb up in his lap, and have that intimate fellowship with him in Jesus Christ. Have you made the call? God calls us into intimacy and then sends us into ministry. Can I say that one more time? God calls us into this wonderful fellowship, this relationship, this, this sitting in his lap kind of intimacy. That's the call of God. And then from that intimacy, from that fellowship, he sends us into ministry. I'm afraid there are too many people in ministry that have never been in the intimacy with God that he really intended. There are far too many people trying to minister and you've never been in the lap of God. You've never known him in that intimate fellowship and relationship. And I, I can tell you, your ministry is not gonna accomplish very much at all. It's only out of that fellowship that we have with God that we can do anything for anybody else. God give us people in ministry that'll hear the call of God into real fellowship with the Lord. I wanna take the next few minutes and I wanna just tell you a few things you need to know about the call of God. I'm asking you through this series of messages this month, hey, have you made the call? And in order to, to really determine that, maybe there's just some things we need to unpack together that'll help you analyze that. And, and, and so here's some things to know about the call of God. Thing number one is this, the call of God makes us eligible for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is so important 
Because the only way you're ever going to really maintain the kind of intimate fellowship with your Father that God wants you to know is by being filled with the Holy Spirit, by being baptized. You understand that word, don't you? It it literally means to submerge. God wants to submerge you, all you are, all you do. He wants to submerge you and I in the Holy Spirit, in his Holy Spirit. And that's what the call of God is really all about, that eligibility to be filled with the Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2 and verse 39 said, this promise is for you. Somebody say, it's for me. Come on, one more time. This promise is for you. Say, it's for me. It's for every believer. Listen, he said, this promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Now, what the scripture is addressing here is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And God uses his servant to say that this promise, this promise to baptize you, to submerge all you are in his Holy Spirit, that promise is for you. It's for your kids. It's for those that are far off. Come on, y'all, it's for those in the Ukraine today. It's for, it's for as many as the Lord your God will call. Did you see that the call of God and the baptism of the Holy Spirit walk hand in hand? When we answer that call, when we make that call, God will, in that intimate fellowship, when we ask him, he will fill us with the dunamis power of God. That's the word in the Greek that we've translated in our English Bible's power. And and most of the time when the scripture's talking about the Holy Spirit, it's talking about power. And that word, that Greek word dunamis, is is the same place that we get the term dynamite from. God wants an explosive power available to me and you. But it comes out of this intimate fellowship, this calling to really know him. And then he fills us with that power. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit really helps us to remain true to our calling. And remember, the call of God is about fellowship with God in Christ. The baptism of the Holy, is gonna, Holy Spirit is gonna help you with that. Why, why would you say that? Because he said you would receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me. A better translation of that is you will be martyrs for me. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm going to empower you to die. I'm going to empower you if, if it comes to it, where someone threatens your life if you don't denounce Christ, I'm gonna empower you in such a way that you'll literally be able to lay your life down like those first century martyrs did, and you'll be able to die for your faith in Christ. I hope it doesn't come to that in America, but if it does, I wanna be ready. How about you? And, And if we're gonna be honest, the truth is it's already here. 
In one form or another, listen, our faith in Jesus is threatened every single day in American life. They don't want you following Christ. They don't want you talking about the Lord. They don't want you worshiping the one true God. And, and they, they threaten you. They threaten to cut you off. They threaten to not include you. And the Holy Spirit's power will let you look at them and say, I never needed your pat on the back anyway. I'm gonna serve the Lord my God. Cut me off if you want to, but I have intimate fellowship with him. I know him. Knowing you is not that important. I wanna know him. That's what the baptism of God's power will allow us to do. Secondly, the thing you need to know about the call of God is that the call of God facilitates God's divine purpose for our lives. I came to church today to tell someone that your life is accompanied by great purpose. You may feel right now like nothing could be further from the truth. You may feel like you're stuck in some kind of rut and you just can't make any kind of progress at all. But I want to tell you today, there's great purpose for your life. Great purpose in your existence. And the call of God actually facilitates that purpose. Listen to Romans chapter 8. You guys don't mind if we study the Bible, do you? Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, we know that in all things, somebody say all things. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, watch this, who have been called according to his purpose. Once again, I hope you're making the connection. Purpose and calling work hand in hand. When you make the call, when you answer the call, when you climb up in the lap of the God who created you, I'm telling you, he will infuse your life with such divine purpose where every day's an adventure, where you wake up saying, I just can't wait to see what God's gonna do today. Come on, I can't wait to see how God is going to use me today. Listen, the call of God isn't about us. It's about him. It's about him. It's all about him. And our life will begin to take on true meaning the day we stop making our life about our pleasure and start making it about pleasing him. The day you decide, I'm not here to please me. I'm here to please the one who created me, gave himself for me. The day you make it about him and his pleasure is the day your life is gonna take on more meaning than you could ever imagine. Listen to Revelation chapter four, verse 11, where we get a peek into eternity future. And in that glimpse that God gives us of that eternal setting, Listen, everyone around the throne are bowing down before God saying this, you're worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you have created all things, watch this, and for your pleasure they are and were created. Why were you created? For the pleasure of God. You were created to please his heart. We spend all of our life trying to please ourselves, only to live our life completely unfulfilled. But the day you make that call, the day... You say yes to fellowship with Jesus and pleasing him is the day your life takes on the real meaning that God intended all along, amen? amen. Listen, here's what you need to know about the call of God. It makes us eligible for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It, it, it actually facilitates God's divine purposes for our lives. And then number three, the call of God brings us justification and honor. 
Answering that call, climbing up in his lap, actually provides us with justification and with honor. Romans chapter eight, verse 30 said, those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So when you make the call and you begin to enjoy intimate fellowship with Jesus, what he brings into your life is a form of justification you can't find anywhere else. You can't earn it. You can't work hard enough for it. It's only found in him, but thank God it's found in him because we all need that justification. I, I love the term justified. It, it, it's, um, it's really a Bible word. We don't use it a lot outside of that context, but I love the word justified. Uh, the old preachers used to point out that, that, that what it means to be justified is simply this. It's just if I'd never sinned. It's justified never failed God. It's justified, never been lost. Justified, never been a slave to sin. Is there anybody that knows what it is to be justified? To be in that place where it's just if you'd never been apart from God, separated from God, lost and undone without God. Oh, I'm so thankful today that we're justified. How about you? And there's honor in that calling as well. God said he will glorify us. He'll honor us. But I need you to know today that he's gonna choose how he honors you. You don't need to figure that out for him. You don't need to spend all your prayer time in the morning pointing out all the ways that he could honor you. Just let him be faithful with that. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Jeff, why in the world you wanna bring that up? Because sometimes that's the way we are honored, just to take it on the chin. Sometimes that's the way we are honored because when people see that even though things aren't going well, on the outside, even though we've met with some difficulties, we still love the Lord, we still trust the Lord, we still serve the Lord and glorify the Lord. I'm telling you, it's in moments like that God's gonna honor his name in and through your life. I love Peter and John in Acts chapter five. They've been brought in before the Sanhedrin and they've been threatened and they've been told never to preach in his name again and they've been beaten as a warning and they leave that beating with their chest stuck out, counting themselves honored, greatly honored to suffer for the cause of Jesus Christ. Where are those kind of Christians in the 21st century? Where are those of us that say, listen, everything doesn't have to go well. Everything doesn't have to go my way in order to go ahead and praise the Lord and live for the Lord and bring glory and honor to the Lord. Listen, I love the story of General Booth, who many of you are familiar with. William Booth, he founded the Salvation Army, and he founded it really as an evangelistic organization. And they would move into towns as, a, as an entire army. And they'd have a band at the, at the front of the parade as they marched into a town to go in and take over, to preach the gospel and see people uh, led to Christ. Uh, they would... Um, 
They would start attending to the sick and the suffering in those cities. And, uh, and, and, and God would just use them in mighty ways. One particular town out in the West, General Booth and his army of believers came marching into the town with the band playing. And there was a, a group of ruffians in that town that didn't want anything to do with William Booth and his Salvation Army. So they met him just right outside of town. They stopped him with their guns uh, you know, held in their hands. They stopped him and they, they threatened him and they said, we don't, we don't want your kind in our town. We're, we're satisfied. We're satisfied with our bars and our, our, our dens of ill repute. Listen, we, we want all that. We don't want you shutting that down here like you've done other places around the country. And one man even walked up and he spit right in the face of General Booth. And immediately one of his his loyal followers reached in and got his handkerchief and walked over to wipe that spittle off of the face of the great general. And Booth grabbed his hand before he could reach his face and told his friend, he said, leave it, it's a medal. Where are those Christians today? Where are those of us that seek only to please the Lord? It's not about me, my agenda, what I want, me, myself, and I. It's about him. The call of God is about him. Number four, the call of God requires that we live a holy life. We live a life that is pleasing to God. First Corinthians chapter one and verse two says, to the church of God in Corinth, to those set apart in Christ Jesus and called to be holy together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope you see what Paul writes here by inspiration. He says, those of us that are called are called to be holy. Can I remind you today, we represent him. That's our primary job, y'all, to represent him. And the call of God requires it. To make that call, we've gotta be willing to live a life that is holy and set apart. What are you saying, Jeff? I'm saying, you can answer the call this Friday night to go out on the town and get drunk with your buddies, but I'd hang up that call and I'd answer a different one. You, you can answer the call. You can answer the call that womanizer at work has made to you to go off to a city with him next weekend or next month for a romantic getaway and be unfaithful to your husband. But I, I, would, I would urge you today, hang up on that call and answer a greater one. You can answer the call this week on the gossip line to talk about people in your neighborhood. But I'd hang up on that call if I were you and I would answer the call to know Jesus in an intimate, personal way and to be holy as the Lord is holy. There's a call of God, friends. And that call is to know him. And that call actually makes us eligible for the power the baptism in the Holy Spirit brings into our life. That call facilitates God's divine purpose for our life. It, it brings us justification and honor, but it requires that we live holy. Number five, the call of God leads to peace. Anybody here could use a little peace of mind today? Man, we need divine peace in a moment like we're in when there's so much turmoil all around us, not just half a world away in the Ukraine. I'm talking about right up here in your neighborhood. I'm talking about among your family. We've got folks today. There's turmoil all around you, and you need so much the peace of God. Hey, 
Make the call. Choose Jesus. Choose knowing Jesus above everything else. And here's what he promises. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 15. God has called us to live in peace. That's the call of God, to live in peace. I need you to understand, God just doesn't want you to have peace now and again. God wants to keep you in perfect peace as your mind is stayed upon him. The old bumper sticker read like this. Know Jesus, K-N-O-W. Know him, know Jesus, know peace. Know Jesus, N-O, know Jesus, know peace, right? I lived that life for a long time. For a long time, I didn't have any peace in my life until I made the call. When I made that call and I climbed up in his lap, I've known peace ever since. I'm not telling you there haven't been times of trouble. I'm not telling you there have not been moments when I didn't know how I was gonna make it. But I'm telling you that even in those moments, I had the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I'm so thankful that the Prince of Peace rules over my life as I make the call to know him and walk in fellowship with him. One last thing that I wanna unpack with you today as we think about that call. Not a call into ministry, a call into intimacy, a call to really know him. And that is, I want you to wrap your heart around this truth with me today, that the call of God is eternal. The call of God isn't just for a moment, not just for a day, a week or a month or a year. The call of God is eternal. First Timothy chapter six, verse 12, the apostle admonishes us all by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Did you see that what you were called to is eternal? It lasts forever. The call of God to know Christ isn't temporary. It's eternal. It's for here, it's for now, and it's for all eternity. Listen, if... if, if if like me, you're seeing all of the headlines today, you're watching on the evening news the things that are transpiring, and, and you feel like, man, that sounds very familiar. Seems like I was just reading about that in the book of Revelation recently. Seems like I was just reading about that in the book of Daniel. Listen, if you see from the things unfolding around us that time is short, don't forget, your call is forever. Your call is forever. Everything going on around us is temporary. Everything happening, it's just for a little while. But God and his kingdom are eternal. And speaking of that moment in eternity future, John shares a bit of the revelation that Jesus gave him in the 17th chapter. And the verse, uh, uh, verse number 14 and John tells us about the Antichrist and all those who will follow him, that they will make war against the Lamb, Jesus. But the Lamb will overcome them because he's Lord of lords and King of kings. Watch this, wait, wait, wait. And with him will be his called, chosen, faithful followers. Come on, church. Don't get discouraged. 
Don't let the news bring you down. You need to know he's coming for us soon. And then one day, he's going to return to this earth to set up his kingdom. He's going to be there, and we're going to be with him riding on those white horses. I like to practice every once in a while. We're going to come back with him. We're going to see him conquer the Antichrist and set up his kingdom. And we're going to rule, and we're going to reign with him. I wish I had somebody here that was excited about what's to come. We're not depressed. We're not worried. We're not fearful. We know that God is still on the throne. Amen? Amen. Now, I'll close with this. We need to make sure we've made the call. We need to make sure that we've heard and we've responded. We've climbed up in his lap and we're in fellowship. We need to make sure we have made the call. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 admonishes every one of us. My brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. To confirm it. It was a, um, a young man years ago when telegraph was the means of communication for uh, international dialogue. There was a young man that responded to a newspaper ad for telegraph operators. When he arrived at the office, the place was jam-packed because people needed work and they had answered this ad and were there and, and they were all instructed, hey, at some point, we'll let you know it's time for you to come in for your interview. And there were a lot of people talking. There was a lot of room noise. You could even hear the telegraph going in the, in the background. They sat there, and they sat there, and they sat there. Finally, this young man who was the last one to come in stands up, and he walks through the door into the inner office. Everybody else there, people much older than him and uh, people that had been there, earlier than he was, began to wonder, why did that boy go in? Why did he go into that room? Uh, he must have um, just been very presumptuous and walked in. But a few minutes later, the man hiring for the job came out with his arm around that young man, and he said, you can all go home. I've hired this young man. One fellow spoke up, and he said, hey, I was here earlier than him. In fact, he was one of the last ones to come in. Why would you choose him over giving me an opportunity? I'm much older, and and the man looked at him and he smiled. He said, for the last several minutes, the telegraph has been letting anybody who reads Morse code know that it was time to come in for that interview and you were the only, he was the only one that answered the call. Now, here's what I need you to know. Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 14, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. I need you to know the call is in place. That's not in question. The real question is, are you answering the call? Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God and you know that needs to change, I want to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. will not you call on Him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me? I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. 
Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, my sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today, and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.